You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello there and welcome back to Faster More Intense, a Star Wars podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and uh, joining me on this episode, we've got another special guest. We've got Stephen uh, Wren of, uh, sorry, the StarWarsGuru.com. I was, I was going to say it without the. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, thank you for, for joining Hey, thank you for having me, man. I'm uh, glad to be on the show and talk some Star Wars. Yeah, um, you you lucked out. You you got you you. It's the, it's the game of uh, Mandalorian roulette that we've been playing for the last few weeks. <laughs> Every guest that I line up, it's like maybe you'll get to talk about the trailer. I don't know. I have no control over that. Um, but the trailer finally dropped, and therefore. We're not going to talk about anything else. Uh, <laughs> there's not really anything else to talk about right now. Um, I hear there's some exciting stuff with the comics, uh, with Star Wars number six today. But I'm I I have uh, Marvel Unlimited, so I'm always six months behind on the comics. <laughs> and beyond that, like I'm actually not six months behind. I'm actually still in like 2016 with the comics, because like there's a few things that I read here and there, like the the um, the the Darth Vader series I've read all of that first like that 2015 run Um, and I've read like Lando and I've read a couple like the Han Solo things and like I've read stuff here and there but when it comes to like the Star Wars main title I I didn't um, I didn't stay up with it so I'm 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 just getting caught up on all that stuff right now so it doesn't really matter to me but there's some I guess people were excited about some stuff today Um, (laughs) but uh, I yeah I mean other than that I think that I all the other news that's going on right now isn't actual Star Wars news, but is just um, stuff that's kind of going on in the community yeah. um, around Star Wars. But uh, but we, we don't need to get too much into that, except right here at the beginning of the episode. I just want to make sure to, uh, to, to promote uh, the fundraiser that... Uh, that that a few Star Wars fans have put together, um, I, uh, the Geeky Waffle, I, uh, uh, Maggie of the Town on Twitter at Maggie of the Town, uh, and 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 I think some other people as well uh, have organized this fundraiser. If you go to GoFundMe.com and you search uh, "Trans Rights Are Human Rights," this is the way. Uh, it's the the little logo or whatever is. Uh, is a is a little baby Yoda in his uh, in his in his little uh, uh, carrier thing, but it's got the the trans flag on it there. Um, 
and and go support it. They are they're less than four hundred dollars away from ten thousand dollars, and the the ten thousand the the fundraiser started on Sunday. It's Wednesday as we record this. Uh, it, phenomenal! It's amazing that uh, that this has happened. Um, it it was in response to a specific thing, but I probably don't need to tell anybody what that was. Uh, we don't need to get into it. Just. Uh, we're, we'll, let's stay positive about the Mandalorian today. Oh yeah, <laughs> talk about talk about that <laughs> other stuff on Twitter. Um, but I, I, whatever negativity, it doesn't really matter because the good thing is that this fundraiser has happened, and uh, and and it's resulted in in at this point almost 10k, and I'm sure they're gonna hit that. They're gonna hit that mark. Oh so. definitely. Um, awesome, super proud of all of the Star Wars fans that have been contributing to that, as well as to, obviously to the people who've organized it. Um, and just wanted to do our part by, by shouting it out at the beginning of the episode here. Um, so yeah, go contribute what you can. The cool thing about it, my favorite thing about it is that when you look at the donations, there aren't any like crazy donations. When you see a $10,000 fundraiser, like you think like, oh, well, there's a couple of people in there who've like dropped a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred dollars or something. No, it's like it's it is almost all like ten, twenty. Like there's a there's a, a good number of fifty dollar donations, but like there's a lot of like ten and twenty dollar donations in there. Um, and so it's not about anybody like throwing down a huge lump of cash. It's about numbers. It's about it's like the end of Rise of Skywalker. Right? It's it's <laughs> you know like it's it's just people. It's uh, just people. And and that to me like that's what it's about. That's why I I, I tweeted this a couple days ago. That's why Star Wars matters, right? It's not because of the movies. The movies are cool. They're awesome. They're fun. It's escapism. It's what the movies uh, motivate us to do, and and how the community. Uh, takes those lessons and uh, and and brings that into the real world and 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 moves us to do things like like fundraisers like this um, and brings us together as a community. So super awesome um, and and I'm I'm really proud right now. It, I went into the weekend like bummed about Star yeah. Wars and the community, specifically because of of well I'll just name it Gina Carano right like and and sort of the negativity around all this stuff. Um, Especially because going into like hoping as we've been hoping for this Mando trailer for the last two weeks, really like the last two months, I, it was like, man, like really, really way to put a damper on on all the hype for Mando. I, I, and it was just kind of like, like that, the fires on the West coast, uh, cause I'm on the West coast and it's like, you can't even go outside right now. It's so smoky. Um, can't do anything. I, I, uh, the, you know, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, <laughs> the, uh, COVID-19, everything. Just it was just like, it kind of, it kind of all was crushing down on me. And then Sunday this, this fundraiser started and, and it started gaining steam like immediately. And, uh, and it pulled me right out of that, which was, it was, it was so nice that it was like, oh, Cause I was like, I was super close on like Saturday and Sunday to deleting the Twitter app from my phone because it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything good for me. It was, it was really just, uh, sort of causing me mental distress. Yeah. Um, and then that happened 
uh and then and then i think it was yesterday i hit 1200 followers on twitter so i'm like it's never mind i'm back on i'm 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 in i'm never gonna we're good now twitter. yeah <laughs> uh, uh yeah anyways it, so i just wanted to shout that out at the beginning of the episode and say go contribute what you can even if it's a dollar five dollars ten dollars whatever every single dollar is going to make a difference um and and it's it's uh it it's it's money that is actually going to help people it's for the uh the transgender law center so it's it's actually like it's actually going to go to a very specific uh marginalized community uh and 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 help that community so that's that's awesome uh, uh and with that well we can talk about some star wars stuff now. <laughs> uh, that yeah go ahead well, that definitely just is, it's, that's the beauty of Star Wars and the magic of the community when you, when you, you know, you're, you're down and out, you know, for the, the first part, but then the community comes in and, and shows you, you know, why we love the, the community so much. Cause let's be honest, Star Wars, uh, fandom can be, uh, can be pretty rough at times, yeah. but, uh, usually at the end of it though, it, people seem to come together, uh, a yeah. lot more than they, you know, than they disagree, you know, what movie is what. Yeah, but at the yeah. end of the day, we're, we're one family, and I love seeing stuff like that. It's, uh, I, I think it's it's like a lot of things, the the negativity seems to rise to the surface, um, but, but like the ocean, <laughs> the surface is such a small percentage of what's actually going on, right? Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes to feel like, like uh, uh, everything is negative and, and, and that sort of thing because that's what you're seeing the majority of um, whether it's people being negative or people responding to people yeah. being negative or you know like and, and I think that that's it's, it's just the nature of Twitter it's the nature of social media but Twitter I think the most out of it uh, I shouldn't say that I'm not on Twitter or on sorry Reddit I'm not on TikTok I'm not on I've never like I downloaded Snapchat and used it for five minutes and I don't think <laughs> that anybody uses Snapchat anymore anyways um, at least not for uh, for actual social media purposes um, but I uh, I, you know, for, in my experience, I, I I'm I'm an I'm an old person at this point, so I just use the, the 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 what the like the big three. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Right, that's same here. <laughs> I, I, I I I used to be on Tumblr more than anything, but I I just can't keep up with the with the young kids uh, and their and their tumbles. Everybody left Tumblr when they were like, hey, we're gonna make a bunch of weird rules about what you can and can't post. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I find that Twitter, it's just like, it has this, I don't know. There's just something about that platform. Maybe it's the, the shortness of the posts. It's, it's like that, that, that restriction, which it was initially meant to be a positive thing. I think it tends to, it tends to lend itself to divisive conversation, right? Because you have to, you're trying to get your point across in, now 240 characters right um and sometimes hey i i don't know uh, uh how other people feel about this but i feel like a lot of the issues we're dealing with right now are nuanced uh they they can't really be boiled down to sound bites and talking points and when they do get boiled down to that they can tend to be uh pretty dangerous so yeah. <laughs> it's uh 
yeah, it's it's one of those things. But uh, but it is a great way to connect. That it is it is in fact the whole reason that you're here on the podcast. So oh yeah, some good come out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get into this trailer. Uh, so the trailer the tra- trailer dropped yesterday morning, um, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. It's it's a perfect trailer because there's nothing in it. Uh, it's it's devoid of any actual information it is just a bunch of scenes and a bunch of locations and i i a tone and for me that's all i want i i do not need it to be uh, a a lengthy like uh, i uh, giving away things, you know. Spoiler filled, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, showing us the most hype moment in the movie uh, in the trailer a month before we get to see the movie. Um, I don't know why they did that for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I feel like I, it, it, I. We talked a little bit about this right before we started recording. Um, I, I, Stephen, you like Rise of Skywalker. It's currently your favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. For me, it's at the it's at the bottom of the list. Uh, <laughs> I it's still but I like I always say it's like pizza it's it's there's no such thing as bad pizza I I still like I would still rather watch Rise of Skywalker than most things yeah. um but I feel like I would like the movie like 10 to 15% more if that moment had been saved for the movie theater uh with the with the the ships uh at at, at the end uh with, with uh, like that that big awesome shot of of the 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 whole uh, resistance and and everybody yeah. coming together, um, they really man they they just they messed that one up. They messed that one up real bad. I uh, because uh, I think that we'd all love it uh, just a little bit more, just a little bit, <laughs> and it might have been enough to make the difference for some people. But uh, we're not going to get into Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> let's uh, it's a whole other show. Yeah, it's a whole other episode. Uh, let's uh, let's let's talk about this this trailer. Um, so some of the highlights uh, we get to see Tatooine again. Uh, we get to see uh, an ice planet. We get to see uh, this this water planet um, with uh, with this sort of, sort of like a port setting uh, with all these ships and stuff. Um, and we get to see like this underground fighting ring uh, I, with the the Gamorreans <laughs> in the in the boxing ring um, and uh, and this one eyed Cyclops guy. I, not a lot is said, not a lot is seen, but I uh, one of the biggest highlights is that we get our reveal of uh, of of Sasha Banks. So that's confirmed that Sasha Banks is going to be in season two, which is really cool. I I bring in those the 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 I know I, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I I sort of peripherally keep up with it and understand like who people are, sort of who the big players are. I know. I know of Sasha Banks because I know other people who are like huge <laughs> fans. Um, she tends to, I think she, she, uh, has a, has a pretty like hardcore fan base. Um, but, uh, but I just, I, the, the wrestlers making that transition into, into, um, I, I, film and TV is always really interesting to me because yeah, there are some like Hulk Hogan that, you know, like the, the those <laughs> movies from the nineties are not the best. Although I do have a, a soft spot in my heart for a few of them. Um, 
but i i but then you also get like you've got like the rock you've got john cena i yeah i you, like there are some of these actors uh you've got batista right like some, some of these these guys make this transition and actually end up being uh a, a massive huge deal um and incredibly talented uh and 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 sort of like iconic in a lot of roles so um I had that hope for Gina Carano, and now I'm feeling a little bit mixed about it. I still think that she does a great job in The Mandalorian, so that's where that mixed feeling comes from. But uh, uh, if you can put sort of personal politics aside and just just watch the thing, uh, uh, that's good. But the, uh, I'm, I don't know. I've I kind of got high hopes for for Sasha Banks. It means that we're going to get some awesome action sequences. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know that, right? Um, and, and she has to be going against Gina, right? I mean, yeah. like you don't hire Sasha Banks to not have her take on Gina at some point. It'd be, it would be uh, ridiculous not to, not to have that, that eventually be an end game. Uh, would you want to speculate about this character? Let's get a couple of things right out of the way. She's obviously not oh, yeah. Ahsoka. They didn't, they, I love that people are like they want to create these conspiracy theories. It's like, oh well, Lucasfilm just didn't do the special effects on her, so that we yeah. can trick. <laughs> and it's like, well, first of all, I think that they would do more than CG uh, to make her look like Ahsoka. I think that there would be some actual physical makeup, so that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Second, I look, it, I, I I'm not trying to throw any shade at, at Sasha Banks at all. I I think that she's an unproven commodity at this point. I don't think that they would give one of the most important characters in the franchise uh, yeah, to to a, a first timer like that. Like they're gonna they, when we get that character, we're gonna get that character with some importance. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm like like I, I I the other thing is like people saying though maybe she's Sabine. Ah uh, like, no no no. <laughs> Sabine is Asian. I hate to she break is. it to everybody, but <laughs> since day one, uh, Sabine is Asian. Uh, uh, here's another one that some people listening might be shocked by. Ezra is Middle Eastern. Uh, I, his, you look at his family; they are Middle Eastern. Whether they're meant to be uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like, like, uh, I don't know, like Arab or, uh, or like Israeli or, or Muslim or whatever, like they, like they are 100% designed to be, um, to, to be Middle Eastern. Uh, and, and Sabine, uh, has the, uh, uh, like Asian look like skin tone, um, facial features, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then when you look at the whole Ren family, like they all share those same, uh, those same features. Um, and on top of that, all of the actors are are uh, uh, South Asian, uh, like they're 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 uh, Indian, right? So, mm-hmm. um, all, I shouldn't say they're all Indian because because uh, her father is. Uh, 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 oh man, I can't remember the actor's name right now, but but I think he's Chinese. Um, but so the characters are meant to be to to be a very specific. Uh, ethnicity and i so i said to a guy on twitter that was like oh it's sabine or on facebook i was like actually sabine is asian and then another guy comes in and goes mm, actually sabine is mandalorian <laughs> and i was like man like i i responded to him i was like i just rolled my eyes so hard i think i detached an optic nerve like the, like man 
Or the there are no Asians in space. She, yeah. She's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I is I I hope that these people are at least aware that they're racist. You know what I mean? Like like that's kind of it's it's a it's an obnoxious thing. But uh, but 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 you hope that they're not like laboring under the delusion that they're uh, that they're the good guys. That they know that they're on the wrong they side. They probably kind of do. I'm, to I, be honest, and I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure some of them are oblivious to the fact that this is yeah. somehow toxic behavior in any form, you know? It's, yeah. Eh. yeah, I mean, yeah, I always say, speaking as a white guy, it's it's I, it's very easy for me to understand that privilege and where that comes from and uh, not having to think about it. So not thinking about it, <laughs> you have to do the work. And, uh, yeah. and and recognize that your experience is not everybody's experience. Um, and it's been, it, like I think it's been rough for some people in the last 24 hours as people have been doing this because there's the idea that um, that certainly to a lot of white people, I think, you can just a person of color just switch them out it doesn't matter like what it non-white it's it, there's white and there's non-white. And I, it's it's important, you know, like the, these these uh, these characters are representative, and that means that you know you've got fans out there for whom like that is like it's massively important. Like there are people, there's a reason why there are some people who would tell you that Sabine Wren is their favorite character in Star Wars, and and for a lot of those people, I'm sure that her ethnicity plays a role in that you know um it would be impossible not to so when people want to just like sort of hand wave that away as like a technicality it's like no it's not a technicality like this is in the character it's 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 an important thing so so all of that to say she's not ahsoka she's not sabine let's put those to rest (laughs) thank you who do you who what do you think this character is about because i think it's a new character i think it's a that it's a whole new character. How do you feel about it? I, I personally think that uh, Sasha will play an original character, um, someone that we've, we've we've not seen yet. Me personally, um, actually, me and my friend uh, before we uh, before me and you started recording the show, we were actually talking about it. And we were watching the trailer again because that's what we do. We just watch this trailer yeah. probably four or five times uh, <laughs> every hour. But I, I think. That she's probably someone from the Aftermath trilogy when it comes to like the Acolytes of the Beyond. I, I personally think she's a Force user. I don't necessarily think she's a Jedi. Yeah. Um, the way the trailer was uh, cut and mixed, you know, they uh, she appeared, you know, right when they say, you know, the Jedi portion. Um, I think that's, you know, that's just to, to trick you. Um, she she will be Force sensitive, um, in my opinion. But she'll be some sort of dark side user who's probably yeah. trying to uh, take the child for some nefar- uh, you know, some nefarious reasons, and uh, because from what I do understand, I believe John Favreau uh, said in an interview um, maybe a month or two ago that we will kind of see some of the beginnings of the First Order, and and mm-hmm. and to me this would kind of line up with that maybe uh, some of the people who are helping the first order and definitely behind the scenes on exegol you know those cult members um i think this could be a uh, a direct link to to that so that's 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 my hope fingers crossed that i'm right yeah for sure i i think i'm on the same wavelength as you where i yeah like i said i think this is a completely original character as well um 
I do get I do get the sense, especially from the just from the visual language that we're getting. Like we're at least when we are introduced to this character, we're supposed to think that they're a force user. Yeah. Um, and and I think that the misdirect of the 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 timing of that that line of dialogue is intentional for sure. Um, but there's an intentional mystery as well around them. So. Um, so I think that 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 all kind of points to 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 what you're talking about. I think that that what we're gonna learn in season two is that um, it's not just the the imperial remnant that's after Baby Yoda, but it is actually like there are other forces at play that we don't know about yet. Yeah. Um. And and that's the 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 galaxy is gonna get a little bit bigger. Hopefully not too big. Like that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm more hesitant on like them bringing in Ahsoka than bringing in. Boba Fett, Rex, whatever. Um, like I would rather that we keep it that we keep it small, that we keep it self-contained. I think that's one of the most successful things about the first season mm-hmm. is is just how kind of like tight that story is and how personal that story is. I I'm always it's, when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to to uh, Marvel, when it comes to DC, like when that big stuff. Uh, yes, I love the 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 big grandiose moments, uh, like we all do. But the the stuff that I always find myself gravitating towards are the the smaller, more personal stories. And so I'm really hoping that Mando um, can can maintain that. And honestly, I think like the breakaway hit of it. Not that they didn't predict that 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 it was going to be successful. I think that Disney knew. But um, I'm like the, the we won't really see the effects of like what a big deal Baby Yoda is I think until season three, because they started filming season two in January of of or it's not filming but like prepping season two in January of 2019, so like those wheels were already in motion that stuff was already happening yeah. before we'd even seen it so um, so I think that they, the story will will not be affected too much by by the the fan discourse um hopefully it stays that way but um i but but hopefully like i said like it stays small it stays personal i think with with john favreau and and dave filoni that's what you're gonna see because you look at favreau's movies and you look at star wars rebels and even clone wars towards the end uh, uh, filoni ends up turning that large story into a very personal story about a handful of characters um so I, I I think that that's what we'll end up with, but um, uh, so I think whatever this whatever organization this this character is a part of, it'll be it it's it's not the Jedi, it's not the Sith, yeah. it's not, but it it might be like I think you you might have have uh, a, a good instinct there that we might be pointing towards some of the origins of the First Order. Um, and there's still a lot to play with there of like what exactly is the first order yeah. and uh, at what point did Palpatine become involved and we might get we might get a couple of those answers um, because one of the other things that 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 I'm sort of speculating about is that ice planet um, and uh, we'll, like, we'll talk about that in a second but like that the connections to the first order with that um, I think I. Uh, uh, I I think that with the Sasha Banks character though that that this is a character that we'll see in maybe like one episode maybe two, it's not going to be like like uh, Gideon is going to be the 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 focus. Main, the, yeah. Um. But there there's a 
um, there's an interview. I think it was the EW interview where where um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito talks about about the the dynamic between Gideon and and Dinjarin in in this season, and that um, there might there might actually be a potential that these characters are going to end up teaming up. Uh, that they might end up working together and that to me is what points the most towards another faction like multiple mm-hmm. factions after after baby yoda so like to me like that's that's kind of w- where all of the signs are pointing um and then on top of that i think that you might just have a few characters that are out for blood against the mando <laughs> just because he's the mando right Be- yeah. because he's um he's he's kind of turned his back on the guild and uh, uh, and that might have put a target on his back as well. So uh, so I think that we might also actually be seeing some other bounty hunters, um, uh, as well as I don't know if Boba Fett's coming into it. I don't think Boba has anything to do with with the Baby Yoda aspect of it. I think that that's going to be the Mandalorian side of it, and it, there's going to be a conflict there between these two characters. Um, and there's actually like I saw it. There's not much to talk about on this one, but I'll be interested to get your opinion. I don't know if you've seen this. A guy, I, 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 like zoomed in on the shot of the Mando on Tatooine with the. He's on the speeder bike, and he, as he's like driving away, if you if you watch the trailer, you can freeze frame it, and you can look, and he like he like outlined the the these shapes on the speeder bike and on the back of it it looks like maybe possibly might be hopeful wishful thinking but uh boba fett's armor is like strapped to this speeder bike interesting and and he kind of outlines it and you can see like boba fett's jetpack and then a mandalorian helmet what like the the shapes definitely they it looks like maybe possibly (laughs) right like i don't want to I don't want to uh, get people's hopes up or, or you know, uh, go to like uh, crazy speculation on it, but, um, but you you brought up aftermath. I mean, like we do have, we do have reason to believe that that what some of the story seeds that were planted in aftermath are going to be uh, uh, sort of plucked uh, in this one in in this season. So, because um, I think the one of the room it's I. Uh, what actor is it? Is it Timothy Oliphant? Timothy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it, my brain went like, no, that's too. <laughs> was Timothy Oliphant? Do we know that as a fact? I don't think we know it as a fact. It's still a rumor. Yeah, right? it's still yeah, it's still a rumor. But I, for me, it's one of those things. Like I love Timothy Oliphant. He, uh, he was my choice for Doctor Strange. I really would have like. I really wanted to see him in that role. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch did a great job. I actually said his name properly that time. I don't use it, but when we talk about Doctor Strange, I will. If we're going to talk about Sherlock, he's Bimble Bram, Sniggle Snap. Like I, I say his name funny, but I, I, yeah, I really wanted him to play that character, and uh, and and so him coming into into Star Wars would be a big deal for me. I love, I love Timothy Oliphant. I, I, and and the character that he might be playing. would be very interesting because then we will potentially see him in that armor um but uh yeah confuse a bunch of people (laughs) oh for sure as if it's not all right like because you know i the like mando himself is already iconically uh, the the silhouette at least of boba fett right um 
so yeah, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of people uh, who live on the periphery. As I have talked about on a few podcasts recently, there are people to to whom like the Star Wars movies are just movies. And that's it. That's it. They just they just watch the movies, and then they just. And then they just go about their lives. They don't watch the trailer 15 times <laughs> the first hour of it being released like we do. I uh, so uh, like to those people, it's like you seen that Boba Fett show? Oh boy, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have time to tell you how wrong you are right now. Um, and then you have to realize, like, actually, actually, you're the one with the problem. Like, like as in me, like I'm the one with the problem, not that person. That person is normal. That person is a contributing member of society. I, but anyways, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, putting like actually having Boba Fett's green and red armor show up on the Mandalorian and then for it to turn out to not be Boba Fett, it's like, it's like they're intentionally trying to aggravate us because they're like, no, no, we're giving you guys everything that you want. This is what you want. It's connected to the aftermath trilogy. Like like this is like we're drawing from the books and putting it in and making that stuff canon. Isn't that what you guys live for? We're bringing <laughs> back Boba Fett's armor through this like these means and it's like, yeah, but you're just like now at the office Christmas party I have to explain to Greg, "No, man, it's not he's not Boba Fett." First of all, Tamora Morrison is Boba Fett. Anyways, yeah, and then it turns into a two-hour conversation where you're then somehow on the Knights of the Old Republic, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let me explain to you where the Mandalorians came from and why Boba Fett isn't even technically a Mandalorian to begin with. All right? right? <laughs> yeah, That's a whole other episode right there, exactly. too. Exactly. And people, people just look at you like, I, I, just, I just asked you if you like the show. That's all I asked you. People and people at work will ask me questions uh, about. It's it's always funny because they always they always like they open the Pandora's box, and they'll be like, "What did you think about X? Whether it's a Marvel movie or Star Wars or whatever." And I'll start telling. Them. I'll, I'll often say like, "What do you want? What do you want? You want the short answer? You want us? Do you want one sentence or do you want the real answer?" And they go, "Oh, the real answer." And then I'll talk for ten minutes, and then they'll go. Yeah, I probably should have just gotten the yeah. answer. Last time uh, I talked to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's uh, let's let's talk about the next thing uh, that I want to speculate with you about, and that is this ice planet. Uh, and we, we've been we've been sort of talking around it, and and uh, uh, I I think we both have the 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 same inclination here. Uh, I'll just come right out and say it. I think it's Ilum, right? Is that is that where you're at? Oh yeah, definitely. It it it, it has to be right. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I, the sequel trilogy gave us two new desert planets, <laughs> and then the first season of Mandalorian gave us another one, uh, and Solo gave us another one as well with Severine, so, I, although Severine was a little bit different, there was an ocean, but then it was like a desert on an ocean, it was, <laughs> um, but I, I, so we, we have no, no lack of desert planets in star wars uh so another ice planet wouldn't be crazy but we do have a reason to to go to ilum uh we have two reasons to go to ilum one is that we're on the the path looking for the jedi searching for the jedi right so that's a that's a legitimate reason to to be uh, uh 
heading to Ilum, uh, uh, following in the footsteps of, of past Jedi. Uh, and, and another reason is, is this thing that we've been hinting at this origins of the first order. Um, for those who don't know, Ilum, uh, and it has not been confirmed, confirmed. It's been sort of like, like half confirmed, but Ilum is Starkiller base. Um, that I, I, and, and Jedi Fallen Order all but confirms it. I, I, cause when you, but this is the thing. If you just go to Ilum the one time, like if you were just like a golden path, like let's just play through the story type of player and you never went back to Ilum afterwards, you never saw this. But if you return to Ilum when when the Mantis comes out of hyperspace and, and descends towards the planet, you see the whole planet and you see that there is a trench that has been mined out of the planet, that it's just been um, that it's been stripped. Uh, this, that's doing two things for the story, right? You're setting up uh, Starkiller Base. You're also setting up Rogue One and the Death Star, right? Which uh, we got other hints at that that aspect of the storyline in Star Wars Rebels, right? Um, and uh, uh, but but when you see it, like it's it, there's no way that it's not. And then in in uh, I don't remember what databank or or source book or whatever. But at some point, Ilum was described as like being this specific size, and then the I think it's like the Visual Dictionary for the Force Awakens says that that Starkiller Base is this specific size, and then another book came out at some point where it's like, oh, here's Ilum again. It's it's the same size as Starkiller Base. So you're like, that was the first thing that clued people in of like, okay, well if a if there's a planet in the galaxy that's going to have the right components to make a really, really big Death Star. It's going to be the one where kyber crystals come from, um, uh, like a planet with a heart of kyber, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That that you would be able to store that energy in and then fire it out. Um, and then, and then, Fallen Order, I think, all but confirms it. And I would imagine the region, reason why they're dodgy about it is because they want it to be like fully confirmed by something like the Mandalorian that like they they, they that they want to kind of save that for because for the general public I think for us you know that have played the video games yeah books whatever it's like oh cool like you get to have that insider knowledge of like hey did you know um, but that but when we talk about like that general public um, when they get to that reveal in in this season of the mandalorian like it could be very cool um and uh, and we would maybe see see our first hints at the first order um and uh and and how that's coming together um and that would actually be a really great like sort of i think juncture for moff gideon and and din to to cross paths again because it, i got the sense at the end of season one that like there's there's the Imperial Remnant, which the client, uh, Werner Herzog's character, was a part of, where they've become like these uh, warlords and barons and that sort of thing. Like the, his look very much points towards that, of like you know these the 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 generals and admirals and moffs and whatever have just sort of like seized power locally for themselves. But then Gideon shows up and his stormtroopers are pristine. His armor is perfect. He's got a new TIE fighter with folding <laughs> wings. And you're like, where's he getting his stuff from? 
So like that to me like immediately pointed towards like he's he's part of whatever is going like whatever remnant of the the empire is going to become the first order. Like he's on that track. Like he's 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 on in the inner circle. He knows what Operation Cinder was. He like like and I don't think that we've even gotten the full answer to Operation Cinder yet. Like there's still some stuff about like how much of that was Palpatine actually like what was his actual plan. Um and we'll get some more of that. I think that Mandalorian is actually one of the places where we might get a little bit more of that story, um, and and some answers to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, that's so that's that's my feeling on it. And I, I, what like you know you've got a great mix of Jedi Temple and Imperial facility that you can throw together that that'll make for some really cool. Uh, settings and uh, and and some visuals that I think will look really great in live action. So uh, I'm hoping here. I'm hoping that we could, it'll be the first time we see Ilum in live action, not including Starkiller. Base, yeah. So and 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 to further uh, prove to the uh, the people still speculating, uh, you know, whether or not Starkiller Base is um, is Elam. Uh, I was actually um, I posted. A while ago, but I do want to bring up uh, that picture. Uh, there is, in I believe you mentioned it uh, previously, the Force Awakens uh, visual dictionary. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a map on there, and it has the uh, Star Killer Base origin point, and yeah. that point is the exact spot that Elam is on, on maps from the expanded universe Legends brand. Now, of course, that's you know from Legends, so they can easily say, oh, that's no longer you know the point of Elam, but I mean, at the other planets that are on the map are still in their same location as they were in the expanded universe. So, to me, right there, that that's confirming it without confirming it for me, right yeah, there. For sure. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like I, I, I mean, Obi Wan would tell you that it's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh, there's no such thing as luck. So I, I yeah, I, I, I mean, like I, I. I don't expect that we're going to get them like backpedaling on this, that, that this is, this is a foregone conclusion. Oh, yeah. Whether or not this planet is Ilum is the, is the big question. Cause there was a lot of stuff in, um, in the trailer for season one where we were going like Tatooine. Are we going to Tatooine? Is that Tatooine? And then we did go to Tatooine, but a lot of the stuff that people were talking about, those planets weren't Tatooine. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, like it's it's uh, this is the great thing about a about a trailer like this is that it's just rife for speculation because I, I don't know because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's really just no context. Um, we see a bunch of corn on the water planet, so some people are like maybe it's Moncala, which I mean it absolutely could be because the last time we saw Moncala was in the Clone Wars, and we know that. Moncala did not fare well during the Galactic Civil War. That yeah. that's the the reason why why Admiral Akbar was able to get the 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 ships that he did because they were like, no, we need to fight back against the Empire. Look what they've done to us. So, and then within the expanded universe, if if they decide to bring in any of that stuff, you've got all the stuff from Dark Empire with like the World Devastators and that sort of thing. So. Um, I like if 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 we go into that and and learn that there were some pretty massive battles that took place on Moncala, and now it's a little bit more of like a a backwater as a result. Like the like you know they they've kind of been 
been uh, uh, set back a little ways in terms yeah. of of their standing in the galaxy, then this setting could totally make sense. Um, it, but it could also be a completely new planet. Uh, some people have said like maybe it's Castellon from Star Wars Resistance. I I'm less inclined to think that because Castellon had like a very specific vibe to it. Um, that's not to say that they couldn't expand that, but yeah. but Castellon was very much like it was like sky blue, right? This is a little bit more of like uh, the weather that I'm used to seeing out my window in Vancouver. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit more of that that overcast uh, gray blue sort of feeling to it. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, th- there's some really cool stuff in that location uh, that's uh, that I'm that I'm digging. I really like the aesthetic. It's kind of like a bit of a pirate aesthetic yeah. to it. Um, that's that's really cool uh, that they could have some fun with bringing the pirate thing into the wild west of Star Wars. Uh, it's this is always one of the best things about Star Wars is that Star Wars uh, it 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 rises above genre right and so you can have any kind of star Wars story inside of a star wars story yeah um so so the idea of like we're gonna bring in some pirate aesthetic um which they did in resistance with the with the pirates yeah <laughs> with, the, with, with uh what is his name craig i think and, yeah and his Kragen or something like that yeah yeah Kragen. Yeah, yeah i i which is one of my all-time favorite things about resistance and i'm still bummed that rise of skywalker didn't feature that ship because i loved the that like galleon look of his of his uh main ship right um uh the way that it was sort of pieced together but ends up looking like a pirate ship <laughs> i uh, and I really wanted to see that in live action, but uh, anyways, I I yeah I don't know I mean like I, I could we see the origins of a character like that in this or, or at least like a an Easter egg um, hinting towards that it'd be cool it, it could be cool but um, but I don't know so sometimes we don't need connections everywhere right like sometimes it can just be its own thing being yeah planet. And and my my hope is um, I'll, I'll be honest I'm hoping that it is Moncala I mean I would love to see um, I know people are gonna harp about if it is Moncala you'll get those who are who are happy with it and you'll yeah. also get those who oh, it's just fan service yeah. sometimes a little fan service is uh, you know I I can dig a little bit of fan service and I would like to see Moncala live action this would yeah. be a perfect opportunity to uh, to see that and like you said I do believe that. Like you said, they, it looks like Moncala. If, if it is Moncala, that they've hit some hard times. Yeah, uh, it would totally make sense in the narrative of the story, um, what we've seen in the Clone Wars, and just what we know from you know books and comics. Uh, uh, fingers crossed, it is. Uh, I don't know. Did we see any uh, Mon Calamari? Uh, did we see any of the? We see the Corrin, but I don't know that we see Mon Calamari in 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 the trailer. So that, that but I think like that if we saw Mon Cala next to a Corrin, yeah. we'd yeah. be like, well, then it's definitely Mon Cala, right? So, I <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like they might be they might be holding back on that, and also, uh, the the there's the disparity between those two cultures, yeah. right? Where it's like the Mon Cala are are the Calamari are are generally heroic that's how they're kind of painted and i hope that star wars kind of starts to get away from that that like uh you know tolkien D D <laughs> treating races where it's like everybody is all one thing but um but generally like they're a little bit more of like a diplomatic uh, uh, uh like egalitarian type of society as opposed to the corin who are a little bit more uh of a of a 
like fascist leaning uh, uh, totalitarian society, right? Yeah. So, um, if we're seeing all these corn, then that points towards like, well, we would be like, and that might also point towards the difference in aesthetic of like less of like the the high tech bubble uh, architecture and that sort of thing, and more towards this like slap together pirate sort of um, port city looking uh, aesthetic. That would make sense to me. Um, yeah. And and because it is the Mandal- Mandalorian, because it's Din, and he's trying to keep a low profile, and, you know, I, the type of people that he would know, uh, like the type <laughs> of circles that he runs in, like, we'd be more more uh, uh, comfortable in in the Corrin setting than the Mandalorian yeah. setting, I think. So, so it, like, it, te- it definitely could be. I, I and, uh, and yeah, I mean, like, I'm with you. It would be cool. It would be cool to see him. I I use the Mon Mon Calamari flan <laughs> that he got paid in. Like that would be a great callback to the first season. Man, like, now that you say that, that that makes me think even more. It has to be Mon Calamari yeah. now, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be Mon like, Cala. Like, yeah. He's got he's he's got like like he's like out of money, right? And he's like, all I got left is this this Mon Calamari flan, and it doesn't spend anywhere, but in in Mon Cala, like, yeah. In system. So so that's where we're gonna go. That's the next. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pick up the trail, but it costs money, sort of thing. Like, I think that there's a cool element to the way that they've crafted this story, especially like the way that season one worked, and I hope that we get back to this. Is that like, he's got a mission, but he doesn't have unlimited resources. Like he's working within a reality. The world has rules where he has to pick up a job here and there in order to pay for the stuff that he's going to need in order to keep them safe. Um, and so that, that I is, which is very much like the lone wolf and cub sort of vibe, right? Um, like sort of traveling from, from town to town, picking up work and, and, uh, trying to, to meet their objective along the way. Um, so, so I could very much see them sort of like being at the end of the road and him like looking, like, like going into his pocket and pulling <laughs> out this, these little jello cubes or jello cylinders or whatever and going like, well, it's now's as good a time to spend this as any. I, uh, and, uh, and, and for them to go there and, uh, and have a little adventure there on the way to, to whatever the next step is in the journey, right? Um, because yeah, I don't want them to just like blow through the main storyline. I want some side quests. Let's oh yeah, say. it's you know, it's, that's that's the fun with it. And and so much of the Mandalorian is like video game, uh, sort of quest based uh, storytelling. So it's uh, I think that would be perfect. Um, yeah, man. What what else? What else is there to talk about in this in this trailer? I guess there's the the this fight ring, this underground fight ring. Gamorian Fight Club. Yeah, Gamorian <laughs> Fight Club. We all know the first rule of Umorian Fight Club. I don't think I need to labor that point. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I <laughs> so good to see Gamorians back. It's I love the 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 new stuff mixed with the classic stuff. It's yep. one of the things that I think that the sequel trilogy didn't do enough of. I think that they and it it, it like kind of same with the prequels. Like the prequels had a little bit of this as well, where it's like they get so excited about their their new creations. Um, that that it's like, well, you gotta you gotta lean on some of the classics as well. You gotta have some Rodians in there. You gotta have an Authorian every once in a while, right? Like we a Devaronian, whatever. We yeah. gonna need this stuff um, in order to like to just sort of lean back on. Um, 
So I love seeing the Gamorreans, and then I don't know, like the Cyclops guy. Is that a new species? I, I he he seems new. To I want to say that there is a Cyclops dude. Uh, and again, maybe there's more than one type of Cyclops, but in A New Hope, uh, yeah. in the Cantina scene, in the cantina. Uh, there there is. Yeah, he's like the Cyclops, and then he's got the horn, right? Yeah, he's got like a horn right in the center. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see them maybe being the same species. Um, yeah. Also, I do want to point out. Now, I didn't um, see. I didn't see it until I I saw somebody tweet it on uh, Twitter, and then I noticed it again watching. But these Gamorian are pretty skinny, uh, yeah. unlike you know what we're what we are normally used to. And somebody pointed out and made the. Uh, yeah, made the assumption, and I kind of want to hop on board. This is that uh, they're skinny because they're uh, malnutrition. They're probably yeah. not, you know, eating a lot. They're, I mean, they're obviously having to fight probably to to survive. And and it's it's interesting to see that. Oh man, so this is what they would look like if they were, you know, starved. Yeah. And having to you know fight to live. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, you, you, you kind of get the sense that these are not, these aren't Jabba's guards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are some other Gamorreans, but they still got the, they still got the fighting spirit and the, and the furry diapers. So, uh, that's, that's what's important, right? Um, yeah, I love the, the, I was just, I was just scrubbing through it again really quick and, and, and re- reminded of the, uh, the speeder bikes, the, that shot. Um, and yeah, we guess we saw speeder bikes last season as well and, uh, they, they obviously a very a couple of very iconic scenes uh, with, <laughs> with the scout troopers and then with with uh, IG11 uh, busting into to town on that speeder bike. Um, but uh, uh, it's one of the things kind of we haven't even talked about the fact that like th- this season looks every bit as good as the first season um and maybe even a little bit better <laughs> maybe even like a little bit more cinematic and and the reason why i say that is that that speeder bike scene the, the bits that we've seen of it when when the one uh bike goes over the edge of the cliff and just sort of like lands and we get that great action um and you can just you can just feel Ludwig Gornson like getting ready to 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 put together some oh, yeah. awesome music for it. Some fire. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that the soundtrack's gonna be so good. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, we're so lucky with this show. It's it's amazing <laughs> that like the actors, the 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 music, the the volume, giving us this cinematic feel with a with a, 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 a like a ten episodes season of a show like it's it's so crazy but yeah that speeder bike stuff uh looks fantastic to me and i am i have always since i became a star wars fan uh, i have always loved the classic speeder bikes and we've seen other ones we've seen swoop bikes we've seen all sorts of stuff but nothing will ever beat that classic endor scout troopers yeah i can i will agree with that (laughs) there's just something about that construct like the way that they designed that thing with the with the the stabilizers in the front and and the 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 pedals and the and the 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 the, like gear shift like uh uh, handlebar things or whatever uh it's just all so great and then the scout trooper is one of the all-time best designs i let me let me gripe about one thing with with rise of skywalker and this one is totally fair and should be universal if, <laughs> if you have a copy of the rise of skywalker i uh, i uh, art book i uh, 
there is a design in that book for um, a, a first order bike trooper. Now it's not exactly, it's not like a scout trooper one-to-one analog, but it is like, like in the same sense of like the, they they have less armor, right? It's more of a fabric outfit so that they can sit on the bikes comfortably and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, the fact that they didn't use that design in Rise of Skywalker is tragic. It's upsetting. And if that design doesn't get used in the future for something, uh, I, I'm just never going to, I'm never going to let it go. I will never <laughs> let it go because the design is so good. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, the scout trooper we all know is one of the best designs uh, uh, for stormtroopers that's ever been done. And, and I've, to me, it's like, it's never been, they've never like recaptured that specific that specific look uh for me i i so i i love seeing the scout troopers i love seeing that and i'm not even like i'm not a i'm not like an imperial fanboy where i'm like about like the the different looks or whatever of the stormtroopers and the imperial stuff but that is one thing that like hits my sweet spot is the the speeder bike and and the scout trooper so uh seeing them them in like all their glory just in the trailer it's like well that's all they're showing like if they're showing us that in the trailer then you know that there's more right? oh yeah that's i think that's the biggest takeaway from this trailer is like this is the this is scratching the surface uh it's just it's just a little 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 taste and uh we're like it's the 16th today we're like a month and a half away from this uh it's right there. It's right there. And then very soon after that is the PlayStation 5, and I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I just I pre-ordered mine just before we started recording, so I'm uh, I'm one of the lucky folks that got in on that pre-order real quick. Nice, um, nice. Yeah. So, so let me let me ask you this then, since yeah. um since you uh, you obviously love the uh, the biker uh, yeah. uh, speeder biker scene in the trailer, um, where do you think they are on on, on is that? Navarro, I mean, Navarro is the planet, right? That was. I, yeah, I think so. I think that's what that one's called. Yeah, um, it looks like it could be. Uh, it cuts into a scene of of um, I grief and I I, I Kara coming mm-hmm. out uh, on Navarro, but um, or does it? Oh, maybe it doesn't quite. But it's like like aesthetically, like they're very similar. Um, so yeah, but but there's I don't know there's kind of like this this moment when we get that overhead shot of it. I'm trying to find it again. Um, yeah, no, I guess that is just like the other side of the cliff. It it looks almost like water, but uh, we do we do see another shot that looks like it's the same planet of Mando taking off with the jetpack. So like I'm really hoping that that sequence is him. On the, with the jetpack and the speeder bikes chasing him because it would be th- this is this is I think when Star Wars does like when new Star Wars does some of its best stuff is when it's really familiar but there's something there, there's a completely new twist to it right so I I yeah having having a speeder bike chase but that it's basically like you know from an iconic perspective it's Boba Fett flying around with his jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> would be would be very very cool um and the sort of thing that we've seen sort of seen in the clone wars but um but i'm really excited to see in live action to see the jetpack really get used because let's be honest Django and boba fett 
they do not make good use of those jetpacks. <laughs> no, they they don't. Unfortunately, in fact, <laughs> uh, I personally think that that the the line in um, in in season one where the armor is like it's difficult to to master. Like it's a it's a tricky. Uh, whatever but but like if you master the what is it she calls it like the rising phoenix or whatever yeah the rising yeah like the art of the rising phoenix like if you can master it like you become one with the jetpack and i'm like this is the most evidence that we've ever gotten that Django and boba are in fact not true mandalorians is that like Django kind of does some cool stuff with it but the jetpack is why he dies that thing misfires and that's why he gets <laughs> his head cut off um and uh, and with Boba Fett, we know like yeah. one blinded Han Solo takes him out by accident because of the stupid jetpack. So, uh, yeah, Bo- Boba Boba was not a master of the Rising Phoenix, but <laughs> not but at I, all. But we gotta we gotta see. I I want to see Din uh, rise to that level. And uh, uh, you know who would be awesome to teach him that is Bo Katan because we know that she's a master. Oh yeah, of the Rising Phoenix because we've seen her do some ridiculous stuff with a jetpack. Um, so yeah, I don't, that's uh, I Din flying around uh, with the greatest of ease. I think that that points towards uh, it, to me. That's the only reason to bring Bo-Katan into the story at this point. Uh, uh, if if she's going to be in present day, is that we need somebody who can pass on some knowledge to Din and and train yeah. him up a little bit, and we get a we get a. We can get a nice Rocky montage of him using all his gear, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I'm, I still hold out that if we are going to see Bo-Katan, it's going to be in flashbacks, that it's going to be um, uh, uh, training him as a kid, maybe, because uh, uh, he was because he was found by Death Watch, right? So mm-hmm. she's obviously the leader of Death Watch, and that would make sense. But um, I I also think that. Bogotan will most likely be flashbacks, um, but uh, where we differ is I th- I thought um, I, I think a lot of the flashbacks that we do see will maybe be Moff Gideon getting the lightsaber. Maybe if yeah. you know they show us how he got the the dark saber, and I would imagine that he probably got it from her. Whether I don't want to say he beat her in a fair fight because I don't think that would that would happen, especially if she's yeah. still alive. Um, so I think you know he had to have uh, either stolen it or got it in some other um, dishonorable way. Yeah. So uh, I would like to see her in a flashback, maybe in something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I yeah. I, again, I think your instincts are a hundred percent on on with that. Of like, if I don't think that Moff Gideon is a an honorable fighter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that we're going to learn a lot. Like, it, it, and his, his outward appearance, it gives that away to me because his outward appearance is so shiny. It's so pristine that I'm like, what are you making up? For? <laughs> right. Because with the Mando, it's like when we first meet him, he's grimy and he's disgusted. Like he's, it's all rusted and Brown and, and, and when he fights with the, the mud horn and gets trashed, it's like, we see him broken down, but then in the next episode, in in the sin, like we we see his true character, uh, and then when he gets the new armor, it's like oh, the outside matches the inside now, yeah. right? That's what like that moment of seeing him in the armor doing the right thing, 
uh, it's it like the symbolism there is so clear. It's like that he's in that that shiny silver armor because he's actually gonna live up to to yeah. the honorable Mandalorian that that's inside, right? Um, and sort of giving us that that idea of like um, being a Mandalorian isn't about where you came from. It's about it's about like a fighting spirit sort of thing, right? Yeah. And so Gideon being a a, a a duplicitous like like dirty fighter would be the perfect foil to to Din, right? Like the perfect like sort of like uh, like the 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 mirror image of him. Um, the shadow link to his link, right? Uh, it's like this. He's he's everything that you don't want to become, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that it. I he's got the dark saber. You got to imagine that we're gonna get a sword fight. We got to get oh, some yeah. sort of sword fight this season. But who uh, will it be against? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Will Din get a get a lightsaber? That's the that's the real question, right? Uh, that'd be interesting i it's it could be cool to discover i don't necessarily want him to be a force user or like 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 on that sort of a uh uh an avenue but but to see him wield a a, a a lightsaber type weapon would be a cool it's less about it calling back to the jedi and more about it calling back to tar Vizla, right yeah. To to the original owner of the dark saber and and uh, that symbolism there of like because that to me we talked about this a little bit uh, I when we, t- we took a little break that that um my hope for the end of the season the end of the series is that Din is the he's he's the new leader of the Mandalorians right that 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 what they become next after they've been broken down and that the the rising phoenix is is that's in there for a reason like yeah getting, getting the jetpack being referred like that being the art of the rising phoenix like all of that that uh, uh iconography that that reference is there for a reason and i think it's that he's the hope of mandalore uh, of it of it being restored um and so him forging his own blade uh, uh would be a very um mythological way for that to go for him to to come out of that and be like no if we're gonna fight the dark saber we're gonna need our own dark saber and for it to maybe maybe it ends up like inverse right where like the dark saber is black with the white on the outside like along the edges if you like flipped it to where his is like like the dark saber but yeah it's, but it's white with black edges or something like that like that could be really cool um and and have a nice fo- sword fight between the two of them it could also be cool to get cortosis or something like that in in canon where it's like he could have like a like a vibro blade or something like that that can that can fight against a, a against a, a lightsaber and we we have other stuff we have like uh the the stun baton from force awakens we have the the electro staffs from revenge of the sith so there's other tech that he could use but i would rather see it be like something more analogous to a sword than uh than those things, but and, and and I definitely agree too. And before someone out there who's hearing this saying Mandalorians fighting with lightsabers, let's let's not forget that uh, Sabine fought, um, what was it, Gar Saxon? And yeah. you know, Rebels, you know, both of them had lightsabers. Granted, she had, uh, I believe, she had Ezra's lightsaber, but yeah. but still, you know, and, and that was an interesting fight to see two non-force sensitive beings, you know, yeah. fighting with lightsabers, you know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I always say like holding a lightsaber doesn't mean that you're force sensitive, <laughs> right? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that. So, and like like it could be it, we it could go a different route. It could go a different way. But if we are going to Ilum, that would be a really good reason. That would be a really really good reason is if he's got a because because the other part of it is that. Uh, like we haven't even really talked that much about Baby Yoda, other than as as a MacGuffin. Like there's a there is an element to this of of the two of them, uh, becoming one, right? Like sort of uh, the 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 clan of two aspect of it, um, and the idea that that it's not just him, it's it's both of them. Like like the the child has the necklace, right? Like he's he has that symbol of, of Mandalore uh, and 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 then they've got the Mudhorn which is their sigil together, right? Like I uh, so the two of them forging a lightsaber together would be of like 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 baby Yoda kinda like pulling out the Kyber crystal yep. and then him putting it together and then like doing that together could be a really powerful moment of of the clan of two coming together. Um in in a powerful way and also like of a reconciliation between the jedi and 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 the mandalorians which would be a really really cool uh thing to set up for future storytelling i think uh uh, that this new mandalore is is different from the previous one uh, and not beholden to its sort of uh, uh old grudges right that could be really cool oh yeah definitely and and it's funny you say that because um who would have ever thought that we'd watch a show called The Mandalorian and he's protecting, in, in a sense, a, a, a young Jedi, you know, yeah. or someone of their kind. Yeah. We'd have never thought that in a, in a thousand years that, hey, yeah. a Mandalorian protecting the Jedi. This is, and trying to give him back to his people, whether that's yeah. his species or, you know, this order of sorcerers. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy to think that. But it, but it, like I mean, you brought up uh, uh, Sabine and Gar Saxon, and Sabine using Ezra's lightsaber in that fight. It's like this. This isn't. This would actually be that story from Star Wars Rebels coming full circle, right? Of like the Jedi were there at when they were at their lowest point, right after the purge. These two Jedi were there to help Sabine and Bo-Katan restore the Mandalorians and now I uh, you know at this point you know like the, arguably the Mandalorians are at at their lowest point and they're after they've been purged and they're going to help the Jedi restore part of their order right like that it's it's such, there's such a great this this is where like like in in the sequel trilogy uh, particularly, I think in Rise of Skywalker, and I, I don't blame this on on J.J. Abrams. I point more towards Chris Terrio. Like I think that he used that ideology of like the 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 stories rhyming, right? Like what George Lucas says of like it rhymes, calling back to things. It was a little bit. It's a little bit too on the nose. It's a little bit too one to one. Luke lifting the X-wing out of the water is too close, right? But when you see this this uh, inversion of the story, where it's like in Star Wars Rebels it happened this way, and then in Mandalorian it's happening this way, it's like, well, it does, it rhymes. Like this is still, it's all part of one story, it's all part of one epic, but it's it is also its own thing. It is also different, right? 
um, and it's it's sort of subverting it while also honoring it like that. And, and to me, it's like there was no subversion <laughs> in Rise of Skywalker. It was all honoring. And so at a certain point, it's like, OK, you're kind of you're being a little bit too reverent towards the thing that you grew up with and you're not pushing it forward enough. Right. Um, and to me, it's like, that's what the Mandalorian, that's what Dave Filoni is so good at. It's the same thing that I think Ryan Johnson was really good at. Um, and, and I, I would even say in the force awakens with Kazdin and JJ that they did really well, um, was, was sort of, uh, uh, subverting things and, and, and allow using that subversion to create growth in the mythology of star Wars. Right. Um, not doing it just to do it, which I think a little bit of rogue one kind of does it just to do it. Jin Erso is kind of antithetical to, to the rest of the rebels just to be antithetical. Um, to a certain degree, I can see that. right? Which is why, which is why I think like they ended up backtracking on that, and in a, in the third act when they did the reshoots, all of a sudden she's just another hero like the rest of the rebels, right? Because they they were worried that it wasn't going to work because it was it was hollow. But I still I would have liked it if they would have st- stuck with that. But um, but yeah, it's a, it, there there's a there's an authenticity to the Mandalorian that I think comes through in those moments because I mean, you do have Dave Filoni. He is, he is part of this. He is one of the producers. He is part of like part of the story. Um, so obviously he's going to call back to his own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows that stuff. So, so that, that kind of works a little bit better, but, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is, is there anything else in the trailer that you wanted to hit on before we wrap up? Yeah. So, so um. I will say, since we were talking about flying, um, yeah. the Mandalorian flying, um, uh, fan favorite uh, ship, uh, the X-Wing. Uh, yeah. We do see uh, the Mandalorian uh, in his uh, ship, uh, I believe. It, it, it could go either way. Maybe they were following him or maybe chasing him in, in, in one scene. Uh, I guess it could be interpreted uh, really any, any kind of way. And then also yeah. in the other scene, it looked like they were escorting him as well too so i'm i'm thinking maybe he has some assistance from the new republic maybe uh, or, or something of that nature see okay so here's where we're gonna where we're gonna split because i think <laughs> that he's actually been tasked with something by gideon and and so he's actually like he he's at odds with the new republic in this okay. moment so like that's that i i think i think that might be where we're going but you are 100 percent right in that it could be it could go either way like you yeah. could interpret that scene either way that they're escorting him because they're linking up and fighting together um and then like they're following the razor crest but you could also see that as like the cloud cars in in yeah. Bestman, right that they're that they're like, hey, you need to deviate, and then when he doesn't, that they they pursue, right? Um, and the reason I say that, like, that I lean more towards the fact that they're pursuing him because we do get that shot of the S foils opening, going into p- attack position, right? So, to me, that's an aggressive move, right? Yeah, that's a if you don't stop, we're gonna have to sh- sh- fire on you, right? And it's and he doesn't stop, so they open the S foils, and that's when he punches it, and then they pursue, right? Um, but it could it could be going a different way. It could be going a totally different way. We don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the X wings are the reason why at the beginning of the trailer we see one of his engines are out. The, yeah, the, you know the, the hatch the, open. Yeah, the Razor Crest looking pretty trashed. 
Um, here's one thing. I, 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 maybe this is what we'll close out on. I got the Razor Crest Lego set. Um, it is awesome. I love it. It's a thing of beauty. Uh, it was really fun to build. Uh, and the Baby Yoda minifig is perfection. The only criticism I have of it is that the it's the same Mandalorian, like it's the same Din minifig as the the um, the ATAT, the ATST. The, the the ATST Raider, um, and it's the it's the brown armor. It's not the silver armor. Hmm. I think that it should have come with the silver armor. I am more, yeah, like I I'm I'm more partial to that armor. I actually oh, yeah. just got the the black series figure for that as well. Um, but uh, but there's something really curious with the Lego set, and I don't know if it's meant to just be a fun toy component, like a play component. Or if it's hinting at something in season two, but the top, and I posted this on my Instagram, and I think I might have posted it on Twitter as well. Uh, the top, the, a section of it pops out, and is an escape pod, very similar to the one in the Millennium Falcon that we see in the Last Jedi, like very very similar. Um, so, could we see the Mandalorian use that escape pod in this season? I don't know. We might. Something might happen, so I I I'm not super confident that the Razor Crest is going to make it this <laughs> season. I I yeah I I, got, I have a bad feeling about this as, <laughs> as uh, Star Wars is fond of saying. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, th- to me, that's that that's that's kind of everything that I've got for this trailer, um, and uh, I'm hoping that we don't get much more. I, I, it, I'm sure that we'll get a couple of TV spots uh, over the course of the next probably six weeks. Um, but I, I'm just hoping for a surprise in that first episode, just like we got at, in in the first season. Yeah, uh, just like rock our socks off <laughs> uh, right out right out the gate. But I, I, but I'm just happy to have it back. I'm just happy to be going into I with so many other things in the world not going the way that they're supposed to we haven't seen black widow we haven't seen wonder woman uh, uh falcon and winter soldier is delayed uh, uh the eternals is delayed like like everything is pushed uh ghostbusters didn't happen like there are so many things to be bummed about but thank the force that we are getting mandalorian season two on time and they are on schedule to start production on season three um, and and we talked about that on, on a previous episode they, that they've kind of got this this um, set up for for COVID nineteen for safety um, of everybody kind of like being in their little pods uh, like like the camera ops and like like the, everybody working at their stations and whatever video village is basically broken up into different rooms <laughs> so everybody can be safe and that's awesome I'm super excited the volume makes it possible so. Uh, thank goodness for that because it means that we should probably get season three on time sometime next year um which is good that's it's positive that's something to be happy about oh yeah something to look forward to yeah for sure cool uh well before we wrap it up for good i i tell people where they can find you online all right well you can uh, find the star wars guru on facebook instagram and twitter just uh look up the star wars guru and also my website the star wars guru.com and um i hope to hear from somebody and we can always talk star wars i'm always down 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been awesome having you on on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate I, it, man. I probably talked too much uh, and and didn't let you talk enough, but, uh, but <laughs> nah, man. But, but but hopefully you'll come back uh, when the season starts up. We'll, we'll I'm sure we'll bring you back for for an episode to do a commentary sort of thing. Certainly. Uh, I and uh, yeah, thank thanks for thanks for being on the episode. Thanks for for taking some time talking Star me. Wars. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.